and welcome to the North Decatur Presbyterian Church Sermon Series. We're a PCUSA congregation in Decatur, Georgia. If you'd like to find out more about us, go to ndpc.org or just come by and visit. Here's this week's sermon. Over my head. For a long, long time, people have wondered and looked for God over our heads. And I'm going to read a story this morning from the scriptures that talks about just that very thing, about a dream by someone named Jacob. Listen to this story from Genesis chapter 28. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. Jacob came to a certain place, and he stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And Jacob dreamed. He dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached all the way to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on the ladder. And God stood beside Jacob. And God said to Jacob, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac, and the land on which you lie I will give to you and your offspring. Know that I am with you, Jacob. I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. That's the word of God for us, the people of God. Together we say, thanks be to God. Children, if you want to go to extended session, now would be the time to go, or you can return to your families, or you can stay here in worship with us. Our children have been learning these stories, sometimes hearing them for the first time. And let's be honest, these stories are weird. It's important that we adults be reading them alongside our children so that when our children bring their wonderings, we can respond with our own wonderings and we can wonder about them together. Just like the story of Noah and his ark full of animals, or the story of Daniel in the lion's den, or the the three figures in the fiery furnace who are not harmed, this story of Jacob's ladder has captured the imaginations of those who have heard it for thousands of years. 
This image that you're seeing now is by the Georgia artist Howard Finster. It's how he imagines Jacob's vision. Jacob lies down one night under the stars and falls asleep. As he sleeps, as our unconscious minds do when we sleep, his unconscious opens up as he begins to dream. In that dream, Jacob sees something. That something starts on the earth, and it goes up from there. It goes up and up and up. Now, our English translations of the scripture call this thing a ladder. That may not be quite right. This particular word appears only once in the scriptures, so we're not sure exactly what it means. Some folks say it's a ladder, some say it's a ramp, others say it's a set of staircase, staircases, almost like a ziggurat ascending from the earth into the heavens. Where do the steps lead? Well, they lead up, of course, up. Jacob looks up and he sees the stairway going all the way up. As far as the eye can see, his eyes go and the stairs go. As far as the human mind can wonder. The steps go all the way to that place that is farthest away from where we live here, rooted in the dirt and the grime and the sadness and the suffering. These steps lead all the way up to the place of light, to the place of beauty, to the place of peace. That's where the stairs go. This ladder, these stairs are a sign for Jacob that heaven and earth are not separate realms. They're connected. It's not impossible for our flesh and blood bodies to reach all the way to heaven. Nor is it impossible for the goodness of heaven to come to us where we are. The essential gift of this story is hope. The story has spoken to people of faith for thousands of years, often when we are in periods of grief, or struggle. This story has been a hopeful sign for slaves and for spiritual seekers of all kinds. Jacob's dream reveals a connection between our realm and the realm of that which is eternal, between this world so full sometimes of meanness and cruelty a connection between this world and the place that human beings have always been able to imagine, a place of joy and justice, the home of God. Have you seen it? Have you seen the ladder? Surely something must connect us to God. The late British rabbi Jonathan Sachs observes that Jacob's circumstances when this dream occurs help us to understand what it means. 
Now, if you don't remember Jacob from your Sunday school classes, some of you, those classes were many years ago. Jacob, and let's be polite about it, Jacob is the least virtuous of all of the patriarchs in Genesis. Now, whether Jacob is truly a bad guy or whether he's just a little shifty, or whether Jacob is just easily influenced by the voices of the people around him, very few consider Jacob to be what we would call a moral pillar. He's best known for stealing the, the birthright, right, that's given by his father. He stole that birthright, that blessing from his father, right out from under his older brother Esau's nose. In fact, the very reason that Jacob is out there under the stars laying his head on a rock is that he is running for his life. Rabbi Sachs says about Jacob, he is afraid and alone. He finds himself on this night in what the anthropologist Victor Turner called a liminal space. How many of you know what a liminal space is, or you think you maybe kind of know? Liminal space is the space in between. It's a space that is neither here nor is it there. It's the space between where we have just come from and the space where we are yet to come. Liminal space is the space between what we already know and what is yet unknown. It's the space between our past and our future, between earth and heaven. It's the space of uncertainty. It's the space, frankly, where most of us live. Jacob's dream comes when his life is in this liminal space. He is unsure about what lies ahead of him. He's unsure of where he is going and what he will find there. He's even unsure of himself as a person. He just betrayed his brother. He just betrayed his father. His life has been thrown into chaos. Can I go back? No, I can't go back there. But where can I go, he wonders. Will this decision that I have made to take what was not mine, will it haunt me forever? Am I going to be cut off from everything that I love? That's where Jacob is on this night when he lies down under the stars and puts his head on a rock. That's where he is when he dreams about this ladder. And he hears the voice of God saying to him, Jacob, this land is yours. Jacob, you and your children will be a blessing to this earth. Jacob, I will be your God always. Jason, can you put up the next slide? This story of Jacob's ladder is a story of hope. It says that no matter who you are, no matter who you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you have done, no matter what you have done, 
no matter what is broken that cannot be mended anymore, no matter if you were the one who broke it, the story says in our confusion and chaos, even there there is a ladder for you to climb that leads up. The church mothers and fathers, those early Christians who established the contemplative and the mystical parts of our faith in the early centuries of the church, they loved the story of Jacob's ladder. They wrote about it again and again. They saw this ladder as the basic metaphor of our spiritual quest. They saw the ladder as the potentiality for human beings to ascend to God. If you only have patience, friends, if you show self-discipline, if you demonstrate intention day in and day out, if you do these things, they wrote, you can leave the muck and the confusion and chaos of this life. One of the most famous accounts of this path of spiritual growth was written by John Climacus in the 600s. It's called The Ladder of Divine Ascent. John wrote about 30 rungs. There are 30 rungs, he says, on the ladder. One for every year of Jesus' own life. And on every rung, John wrote, we find a new ascetic practice, obedience, repentance, giving up anger, giving up lying and lust and greed, taking on practices of generosity and simplicity, humility and prayer. John's ascent up this ladder is nothing less than a heroic struggle, a heroic kind of quest. And make no mistake, it's one with eternal consequences, John said. The picture you've been looking at is the work of an extraordinary Chinese artist named Tsai Guo Chong. This is a photograph of a real event. His medium is gunpowder, fireworks, we call them. In this piece, which took place a few years ago in a rural village in China, just before dawn, Tsai had built this 1,500-foot-tall ladder that exploded in the early dawn hours. It took him 21 years to produce it. Has there ever been a more beautiful or plainer example of our very human desire to ascend to the heavens? There is, of course, one major problem with this image of ascending to heaven. 
Maybe you've thought about it already. What if God is not up? The contemporary Lutheran theologian, the late Gerhard Ford, wrote this. He said, the difficulty with the idea of ascending a ladder is that it might send us off in the wrong direction. It tends to make us concerned with works of our own pious sublimation. The latter involves us in the task of ascending to heaven when perhaps we should be seeking, like Jesus, to come down to earth to learn what it means to be a Christian here. Ford is right. For a long time, our tendency in the church has been to treat Christianity as though it's a pathway out. We separate us and ourselves in these buildings, as wonderful as they are, that are strange and foreign to people on the outside. We dedicate ourselves to rituals like we're doing this morning that that seem peculiar to those who don't participate in them. And we often talk about the spiritual life as one of distinguishing ourselves, setting ourselves aside through these strange and bizarre practices that take us away from the communities in which we live. So where do these stairs go? I hope this morning you might embrace the both-andedness of these stairs. There is merit in imagining ourselves ascending to God. There's value in your quiet study of the scriptures and in the time that you set aside for prayers. There's value in retreating from the world, if for a time, to find quiet and peace. There's value to fasting. There's value to the spiritual ascent of purifying and simplifying our lives. But Ford is also right. We cannot simply imagine ourselves going up either going up to heaven when we die or, or this ascent, perpetual ascent of spiritual purification because the gospel message is not that we go up but that God comes down. To follow Jesus is to go wherever Jesus goes. It's to bring your bread to someone who is hungry today to bring into the warmth of shelter someone who slept outside last night. It is to be a calm presence alongside someone who is scared today. It is for you to walk with someone who is lost until they can find their own way home. Yes, these stairs go all the way up to where God is. Yes, these stairs come all the way down to where God is. Let the church say, Amen.